Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mystic Show, where those of us who are on the spiritual journey come to talk and discuss topics spiritual, unseen, otherworldly, and basically talk about the obstacles on the path, how we're growing. You know, our material lives are so full of the pursuit for money and happiness and security and friendship. And there's a there's a very important pursuit that is often overlooked, and uh, that's the spiritual pursuit. Um, my spiritual guide has said that we should try to accumulate wealth that we can actually take with us, right? Because if, you know, when we leave this physical body and we go wherever we're going to go, um, we're not going to be able to take our physical body or our money or our books or anything, really. So what is it that we can take with us? Well, it's our spiritual wealth. And that's why meditation is such a big part of a spiritual pursuit. And I just want to mention our website is themysticshow.net. Have you seen our website yet? Themysticshow.net. And I just want to also mention that today is October 15th, 2013. I've been meaning to say the date at the beginning of every show just for the for the podcast, but um, I'm usually forgetting, but it's right here on my card and I just... I don't know why I, I don't read it. Um, we're also on Twitter, at The Mystic Show, and you can call us here as well. You can call me, because I really do want to hear from you. I think this is the fourth, I think this is the fifth week of doing this show, one hour per day. Um, we do the show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And so it's been, I don't know, 20-something episodes, and uh, I started out with a long list of topics, and slowly that list is becoming smaller and smaller, and um, so I'm trying to get some more guests on the show. If you want to uh, suggest anyone to be a guest on The Mystic Show, you can just send a message through the website on the Contact Us page. Just send us, send me a note. And uh, I'm working on getting some great guests, as I mentioned yesterday. And our so our phone number, you can call us. It's on the website, themysticshow.net. But I'll just tell you once right now, if you if you want to write it down, grab a pen or something. Um, but again, since it's internet radio and you're listening on the internet, um, you can probably just go to the website and cut and paste it or something. But anyway, the phone number is 973-498-8033. 
973-498-8033. And I am interested in your spiritual journey. What, where are you on the path? Of course, that's not a fair question, but <laughs> uh, so when did you get on the path consciously? You know, I'd like to know. I think other people would like to know as well. So let's um, let's jump right into our book here, Byways of Blessedness, by James Allen, the English mystic. And I was looking through the table of contents, and we're on chapter 13, and there's only 14 chapters in this book. So I think in another two or three days... We'll be we'll be finished with byways of blessedness, and uh, maybe maybe we can have a little chat about the whole book. We can go over the chapters again real quick, because I mean, if you've heard any of what I've been reading from this book, you understand how powerful it is. So, chapter thirteen is called "Understanding the Simple Laws of Life." Understanding the Simple Laws of Life. And let's just jump right in. So this is chapter 13 from the book Byways of Blessedness by James Allen. Walking those byways, which I have so far pointed out, resting in their beauty and drinking in their blessedness. The pilgrim along life's broad highway will in due time come to one wherein his last burden will fall from him, where all his weariness will pass away, where he will drink of light-hearted liberty and rest in perpetual peace. And this most blessed of spiritual byways, the richest source of strength and comfort, I call the right understanding of the simple laws of life. He who comes to it leaves behind him all lack and longing, all doubt and and perplexity, all sorrow and uncertainty. He lives in the fullness of satisfaction, in light and knowledge, in gladness and surety. He who comprehends the utter simplicity of life, who obeys its laws, and does not step aside into the dark paths and complex mazes of selfish desire, stands where no harm can reach him, where no enemy can lay him low, and he doubts, desires, and sorrows no more. Doubt ends where reality begins. 
painful desire ceases where the fullness of joy is perpetual and complete. And when the unfailing and eternal good is realized, what room is there for sorrow? Human life, when rightly lived, is simple with a beautiful simplicity. But it is not rightly lived while it is bound to a complexity of lusts, desires, and wants. These are not the real life, but the burning fever and painful disease which originate in an unenlightened condition of mind. The curtailing of one's desires is the beginning of wisdom. Their entire mastery, its consummation. This is so because life is bounded by law and being inseparable from law, life has no need that is not already supplied. Now lust or desire is not need, but a rebellious superfluity, and as such, it leads to deprivation and misery. The prodigal son, while in his father's house, not only had all that he required, but was surrounded by a superabundance. Desire was not necessary because all things were at hand. But when desire entered his heart, he went into a far country and began to be in want. And it was only when he became reduced to the utmost extremity of starvation that he turned with longing towards his father's home. This parable is symbolic of the evolution of the individual and the race. Man has come into such a complexity of cravings that he lives in continual discontent, dissatisfaction, want, and pain. And his only cure lies in a return to the Father's home. That is, to actual living or being as distinguished from desiring. But a man does not do this until he is reduced to the last extremity of spiritual starvation. He has then reaped the experience of pain and sorrow as the result of desire and looks back with longing 
towards the true life of peace and plenty. And so he turns round and begins his toilsome journey back towards his home, towards that rich life of simple being wherein is emancipation from the thraldom and fever and hunger of the desire. And this longing for the true life, the truth, reality, should not be confounded with desire. It is aspiration. Desire is the craving for possession. Aspiration is the hunger of the heart for peace. The craving for things leads even farther and farther from peace and not only ends in deprivation but is in itself a state of perpetual want. Until it comes to an end rest, satisfaction is an impossibility. The hunger for things can never be satisfied, but the hunger for peace can, and the satisfaction of peace is found, is fully possessed when all selfish desire is abandoned. Then there is fullness of joy, abounding plenty, and rich and complete blessedness. In this supremely blessed state, life is comprehended in its perfect symmetry and simplicity, and the acme of power and usefulness is attained. Then even the hunger for peace ceases. For peace becomes the normal condition, is fully possessed, constant, and never varying. Men, immersed in desire, ignorantly imagine that the conquest of desire leads to inactivity, loss of power, and lifelessness. Instead, it leads to highly concentrated activity, to the full employment of power, and to a life so rich, so glorious, and so abundantly blessed as to be incomprehensible to those who hunger for pleasures and possessions. Of this life only can it be said, Here are no sounds of discord, no profane, or senseless gossip of unworthy things. Only the songs of chisels and of pens, of busy brushes and ecstatic strains, of souls surcharged with music most divine, here is no idle sorrow, no poor grief, for any day or object left behind. For time is counted precious, and herein 
is such complete abandonment of self that tears turn into rainbows and enhance the beauty of the land where all is fair. When a man is rescued from selfish desire, his mind is unencumbered and he is free to work for humanity. No longer racing after those gratifications which leave him hungry still, all his powers are at his immediate command. Seeking no reward, he can concentrate all his energies upon the faultless completion of his duties, and so accomplish all things and fulfill all righteousness. The fully enlightened and fully blessed man is not prompted to action by desire, but works from knowledge. The man of desire needs the promise of reward to urge him to action. He is as a child working for the possession of a toy. But the man of knowledge, living in the fullness of life and power, can at any moment bring his energies into requisition for the accomplishment of that which is necessary. He is, spiritually, a full-grown man. For him, all rewards have ceased. To him, all occurrences are good. He lives always in complete satisfaction. Such a man has attained to life, and his delight, and it is a sweet, perpetual, and never-failing delight, is in obedience to the simple demands of exact and never-failing law. But this life of supreme blessedness is an end, and the pilgrim who is striving towards it, the prodigal returning to it, must travel thither and employ means to get there. He must pass through the country of his animal desires, disentangling himself from their intricacies, simplifying them, overcoming them. This is the way, and he has no enemies but what spring within himself. At first, the way seems hard because, blinded by desire, he does not perceive the simple structure of life, and its laws are hidden from him. But as he becomes more simple in his mind, the direct laws of life become unfolded to his spiritual perception, and at once the point is reached where these laws begin to be understood and obeyed. Then the way becomes plain and easy. There is no more uncertainty and darkness, but all is seen 
in the clear light of knowledge. It will help to accelerate the progress of the searcher for the true and blessed life if we now turn to a consideration of some of these simple laws which are rigidly mathematical in their operations. All life is one, though it has a diversity of manifestations. All law is one, but it is applicable and operative in a variety of ways. There is not one law for matter and another for mind, not one for the material and visible and another for the spiritual and invisible. There is the same law throughout. There is not one kind of logic for the world and another for the spirit, but the same logic is applicable to both. Men faithfully and with unerring worldly wisdom observe certain laws or rules of action in material things, knowing that to ignore or disobey them would be great folly on their part, ending in disaster for themselves and confusion for society and the state. But they err in supposing and believing that the same rules do not apply in spiritual things and thereby suffer for their ignorance and disobedience. It is a law in worldly things that a man shall support himself, that he shall earn his living, and that he that will not work neither shall he eat. Men observe this law, recognizing its justice and goodness, and so earn the necessary material sustenance. But in spiritual things, men, broadly speaking, deny and ignore the operation of this law. They think that, while it is absolutely just that a man should earn his material bread, and that the man who shirks this law should wander in rags and want, it is right that they should beg for their spiritual bread, think it to be just that they should receive all spiritual blessings without either deserving or attempting to earn them. The result is that most men wander in spiritual beggary, and want, that is, in suffering and sorrow, deprived of spiritual sustenance, of joy and knowledge and peace. All right, that's, we'll stop there in the middle of the chapter and just take a quick break.
Thank you to Honor Finnegan for that little musical interlude. That's a song called The Eyes of May. That's on her album, which is called Human Heart, which is a great one. If you haven't heard that one, I'm playing little clips from it all the time on this show. It's a great one. Human Heart by Honor Finnegan. And you're listening to The Mystic Show. Our website is themysticshow.net. And you can find our Twitter handle there. You can find our phone number. And you can you can find all the past episodes as well. Did you know that you could go there and browse through the old archived episodes and look for uh, topics that that you know that you want to hear about or join in the discussion? And you can also comment on all those different posts. So, um, all right. Well, this is, excuse me, this is, uh, we're halfway through that chapter of the James Allen book and, um, we, he just started getting into the actual, some of the laws that he's talking about. And at the very end, he said, you know, in the, in the material world, people know they have to work to earn so they can eat. But in the spiritual world, people think they can do nothing and receive everything, right? It doesn't doesn't make too much sense, which is and that's why he says most people live in pain and sorrow. So it's interesting. So I wanted to tell a little story here. Because we're always as human beings, we're always receiving blessings from God or the ultimate or whatever you want to call that. It's almost like every moment we're being rained upon with blessings and not only blessings, but the energy to live and the energy to support our consciousness. So we're, we're constantly upheld, if you will, by the universe. And, you know, obviously that's something we take for granted a lot. Much of our lives, we don't think about the fact of what we're receiving every moment, right? We're too busy trying in the material world, which again, we're all learning, right? We're all on the journey. And one story I wanted to tell you about blessings is... Um, I read from the book, uh, you were born rich, actually, um, you were born rich by Bob Proctor and Bob is someone who I've met and worked with a little bit in the past and his book, you were born rich is is a very good book. A lot of great concepts in there. Most of it is about, um, the mind. It's about our thinking. Right, because the mind is, as we've discussed, is the mind is the the tool that we can use to move us forward. But on the other hand, it's also the tool that we can use to get ourselves in trouble. So there's a story of a man. He was driving down a country road, and it was a beautiful day. And there's you know 
those fences that just run along the road for miles. And he's looking at this fence. And anyway, he's looking at everything, really. Maybe he sees some horses, whatever. And he finally comes around a bend and he, you know, it's a little, little bit of a downward slope and he sees this beautiful farm and it's this nice house with, you know, a lot of nice trees and, you know, like a manicured property, very well taken care of, uh, very neat and orderly and just, it looked like a postcard. It looked just so beautiful to him. And as he got, drove closer to it, he saw that there was a man in the field that was on a tractor and he was actually getting off the tractor. So the the man in the car thought that this man must be the owner of the farm. So he pulled over the car and he got out and he walked over to the fence and uh, and the farmer who got off the tractor saw him and started walking toward him. And, you know, a couple minutes later, the farmer reached him and he said hello and they shook hands and the driver of the car said, wow, you know, you have such an amazing farm here. This is great. You know, you know, God is really, God has really blessed you and, and given you so much for you to be uh, thankful for, right? I mean, this is great. God has given you so much, so many blessings. And the farmer turned to him and said, well, yeah, you should have seen this place before, before I got here though. So think about that. Before the farmer did anything, I mean, the land was, you know, it was all overgrown. Um, you know, there wasn't the nice line of trees. There wasn't the nice manicured lawn. There was no fence. Uh, there was no house. So it was just, you know, raw, wild land, which which is good, but the whole point is that that land was given as a blessing, but it's the farmer who put in effort and created everything else. So he used, he used the blessings he was given and he put in effort and he created this beautiful farm right? That's supporting a family and, you know, giving food to the whole town and it looks nice. And, you know, there's the whole life of a farm. It's a beautiful thing, actually. Um, so it's a great analogy that we, each of us, including you, you are being given some sort of spiritual sustenance right now this very second and the universe or God is giving it to us every moment and if we just ignore that then we're not really then it's almost like the farmer just ignoring the land and not having a house and not growing food and not eating and not raising a family so what you're being giving at this moment, we can actually put in a little effort and make use of it, make something beautiful out of it. Which really, that's what we're trying to do on the spiritual path, right? We're trying to become 
better people, perfect people. Perfect in a spiritual sense, of course, not in the material sense. And that's what we're trying to do, each of us, with ourselves. And that's really, you know, that's really, I want to say, uh, it's, it's almost noble when, when a human being is trying to better himself or herself and, and become something more and use those blessings that were being given. It's a very beautiful thing. I mean, just to be on the path and to, to realize that or to be, try, be trying to do that is wonderful, right? I think, I think you're well along the path if, you're, if, if you have that attitude. And of course, it's not always easy. But in a way, that's the story of life, right? Is that we, we have to have pain. So let's take a quick little break and, um, and then let's talk about pain. You want to talk about pain and suffering? <laughs> uh, I mean, talk about it in terms of being on the spiritual path. I think we should. Let's just take a quick break, though. Thank you to uh, Charlotte Church for that little interlude. I got I just played that off of YouTube. Um, it's called Summertime. I think it was several years ago too. And I don't know anything about Charlotte Church. I just happened to come across that little piece. So, welcome back to the Mystic Show. Our website is themysticshow.net. We are live every morning. At 7 a.m. Eastern Time, that's New York City time, and we're live on the Fractal Stream. And maybe you've been listening to the Fractal Stream a little bit, because I've been looking at some of the numbers, and there's a lot of people listening to the Fractal Stream these days. We have a lot of different shows that play on the station, and shows that replay on the station, and also... In between all the shows, we play a lot of music, and it's, you know, middle-of-the-road music. Some some is a little more energetic than uh, than some of the, the other songs, but it's, it's very good, uh, very good stuff, almost hand-picked if you want to consider it that way, and uh, hopefully I can find some more music to put on there as well. 
But our phone number is because I know you want to call me. I know you have a comment or a question about pain. <laughs> uh, our phone number is 973-498-8033. Again, 973-498-8033. We have operators standing by. <laughs> All right, it's just me with a little white phone sitting here right in front of me. That is not making any noise. The phone looks very peaceful, actually. <laughs> and the ringer is on. Yes, I can see the. it says the ringer. It says for the ringer, off, low, and high. I have it on low. So if you call, I'll hear it. All right, so let's talk about pain and suffering, really. But pain is kind of the main topic. Um, It's been said that pain is necessary for our spiritual development. Do you think so? Do you think pain is necessary? Or Or do you think everything should be pleasurable and wonderful and that's it? So in a way, pain is how the soul learns, I think. Because when we live life and, you know, from reading the the byways from blessedness, sorry, the byways of blessedness book by James Allen, we can see that when we when we follow selfish desires in search for pleasure, it always causes pain. Right? It always comes back as pain and sorrow because we're not we're not um because that's what selfish selfishness always leads to so in a way when we act selfishly nature or the universe has to sort of you know give us a little slap on the wrist and kind of tell us hey you're not acting properly you're not doing it right and the way nature does that is through pain. And it really builds resilience. I mean, if you think about it, we're always dealing with pain, trying to figure out pain or alleviate pain or avoid pain. And we're learning through this whole process. I mean, in fact, as we grow older, I think if you use pain properly, you probably... um you probably grow a bigger tolerance for pain, meaning you can you can uh, withstand more and more pain. And of course, pain, I'm using the word pain in, in a general sense. I mean, it could be anything from just dissatisfaction. I mean, I guess it could be physical pain too, but that's not really what I'm talking about. Um, you know, it could be the pain of failure, of the pain of of not having your desires fulfilled the pain of making sacrifices or, you know, doing the right thing. It could just be life throws at you certain circumstances, which you don't think you asked for, but all of a sudden they're thrust upon you. And, um, I mean, I know several people like that in my own life where, 
you know, life has just thrown them like five curveballs in a row, and it's they're they're dealing with a lot of stuff, serious stuff, and it's not easy. So sometimes it just happens, but in a grander scale, if we use pain properly, it can help refine us and make us stronger. You know that old saying, right? Um, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. I don't know. I've I've always when I think about that statement, I I I always want to disagree with it, but I I haven't thought about it enough. I I, I don't know. In a way, it sounds right. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um. Again, I haven't thought about that. Have you thought about that statement? Is that true? Do you think that's true? All right. Well, send me a message or give me a call. Um, so pain, you know, some religions and some um, practices around the world, they actually seek out pain. You know, you might call it mortification, where they actually inflict pain upon themselves, thinking that, and I guess it's usually physical pain, and thinking that that's going to bring them closer to God or something like that. And personally, I think that's pretty crazy. I mean, that's definitely uh, kind of an eccentric, extreme way to go about that. And, And it's, in my mind, unnecessary. I think life will give us enough pain just by by living life. I don't think we have to inflict more pain upon ourselves. I mean, consciously, knowingly inflicting pain upon ourselves. So I think life will just give us enough pain. And and life will give us enough, but I don't think life will ever give you too much. I somehow think that... Um, that life gives you the amount of pain that you need to learn. I don't think it will overwhelm you with pain that you can't handle. I mean, in the physical terms, this is like, I mean, it happened to me once in, in the, in the physical way when I was about, um, I was in high school, I think probably like 16 or 17. Actually, I was 16 because I wasn't driving yet. And this, I won't tell the whole story, but basically this car drove, my, me and my friend were walking down the street and this car drove by and they were yelling and, and we thought it was someone we knew. So we yelled, hey, and uh, then the car stopped and all of a sudden we were getting beat up. <laughs> I mean, literally it was that, it, it just happened. I don't, I don't know. And I was, I was getting beat up pretty good actually, but my point is that I didn't even feel it. Like, I don't know if I went into shock or what happened, but I, literally I didn't feel anything. It, nothing hurt. It just, it didn't hurt. I, I guess I, I was in shock, right? I guess that's what shock is when you just, you just don't feel any pain. Because I think the pain I would have felt might have been overwhelming. So somehow the universe you know, protects us somehow. 
I don't know. Maybe you have an experience like that in your life. So there's one maxim in the practice that uh, that I'm a part of, the spiritual practice that I do. Um, there's Well, there's 10 maxims, and basically they kind of help us apply the spiritual pursuit in everyday life. Because, I mean, meditating is great, but but people, I, you know, well, me, when I was learning how to meditate and learning how to do the spiritual practice, I needed help, some help of how to implement it in regular life, everyday life. So these maxims kind of help with that. And uh, one of the maxims says, um, accept miseries as divine blessings and be thankful. Right? Accept miseries as divine blessings and be thankful. So think about that. Is that hard to do for you? Is it hard for you to accept accept miseries? I mean, I think most of it's not easy, right? It's definitely not easy. But it's an interesting concept because Think about it. If the universe is going to throw some pain your way because you have to learn something, does it do you any good to reject that or fight it or resist it? It doesn't really do you any good because you're going to go through the pain anyway. And if you resist it, you're going to go through more pain anyway. If you don't get, if you don't learn the lesson the first time, the universe is going to keep sending it your way. So, Logically, it makes sense to just accept the pain and accept sorrows and miseries, whatever. Um, just accept it and then move on or, you know, try to, you know, take the right action. And again, that's a little <laughs> easier said than done. But I wonder if you've ever tried it, just sort of accepting things. Like if something in your life isn't really that good or something painful and you're kind of fighting it, resisting it, or trying to figure it out. I think I do this a lot. I try and I try and fix the problem or I try to, uh, I almost see it as like a game, like, well, not a game, but like a puzzle. Like there's definitely a right answer. And if I think about it and if I work on it, I can figure out the right answer that's going to solve all this pain. And I don't know. I don't, (laughs) it doesn't work a lot. Um, in fact, it may never work. I don't know. I mean, how can you judge these things? But accepting it, that's kind of rough. I mean, you're, if you're not used to it because you're going into the unknown, you know, just like, okay, you're accepting that your life is, let's say very painful in some respects and you know in some way in the back of our minds we want to live a life that's peaceful and pleasurable and that you know status quo good atmosphere whatever you know i mean that's another that's a good example of uh of accepting a kind of pain is that Let's say you, you're on the spiritual journey, you want to be peaceful and spiritual, but maybe you go to your family's house or a relative's house and 
the atmosphere is not peaceful at all. Or the people there are not very uh, nice people. But you have to stay there. I mean, you have to be there. Let's say it's a holiday. I mean, that that's a form of pain. And you could resist that. But what good would that do? So, I mean, think of in that situation if you just accepted it and said, okay, I'm here. These are the people. That's it. We'll just just be here for the day and then go home and that's it um again more easier said than done one good example of handling pain is um did you ever see the movie um the princess bride the princess bride is one of my favorite movies actually i haven't seen it in many years but um, and I I tried to look for it. My wife and I sometimes when we see those five dollar bins, we try to find certain movies. I've never been able to find that one, and I found it on uh, not Netflix, the Amazon service. I forget what they call that, but it costs like three or four bucks to just rent it. So anyway, I haven't seen it, The Princess Bride, but in that movie. The brilliant movie, by the way. In that movie, the I I forget exactly how it happened, but the one guy tried to poison the other guy. And what happened was he he put he <laughs> he put poison in one of the two glasses, and then he put the glasses on the table. And then the other guy was like, "Well, I know you put poison in my drink, but." you knew that I would know that, so you probably put the poison in your drink thinking that I'm going to ask to change the drinks and then I'll actually drink the poison, right? Very confusing. Anyway, what the guy did was he put poison in both glasses and they both drank it. And the one guy died, and but the guy who put the poison in, he didn't die because you know why? For the past, like, several years, he basically immunized himself from that type of poison first he took you know one day he took a tiny 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 bit and the next day he took a tiny bit again then the next day he took a, a little bit more then the next day he took a little bit more and a little bit more and progressively over time his body built up an immunity to this poison and it was to to the extent that he was able to drink, you know, a, a good dose of poison and it did nothing to him because he built his body up to that. So using that as an analogy, think of that in the terms of pain, that if we face pain, if we face challenges and pain and miseries, we'll get used to facing that amount of pain and then it, it, it won't hurt us anymore. And we'll be able to, to, um, to face more and more pain. So that's, that's just one way to look at it. Meaning that, okay, life is sometimes painful and we have to face certain miseries and stuff. But if we, if we face it in the right way with the right attitude, then we'll basically overcome it. 
will be immune to it. So all of our, on this spiritual journey, right? You're listening to The Mystic Show. You're, you're, you're on your spiritual journey. We're talking about good topics. All this effort that you're putting in is definitely not wasted at all. I mean, when you face up to pain and miseries, that's not, uh, when you accept them, that is rewarding in many ways. It may not feel so much (laughs) rewarding right in the moment, but it's kind of like this spiritual path. I mean, waking up every morning and meditating, you know, you're not going to see the results immediately, but over a period of time, over a period of time, we we perfect ourselves. We become what James Allen is talking about, what the mystics tell us about, how we can basically transcend this world and be masters of ourselves. So that's uh, I think that's a wrap for today. Um, I guess you can call on a different show. If you, because <laughs> I know you all have the phone in your hand, you're like dialing the phone. So, uh, <laughs> so anyhow, I um, I appreciate you listening this morning, and um, we talked about some pretty good topics. And see, think about what these mean to you, and how you can implement them in your life. And if you want to go to the website and send us send me a note. You can go to themysticshow.net and go to the Contact Us page and send me a note. Um, We're going to have some guests later this week, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. And again, if you you know someone who might make a good guest, definitely send me a message. So, as you continue your day, or maybe... Maybe you're on the other side of the world and you're listening to this right before you're going to sleep. Either way, stay in a good vibration. Know that you're on the right path. Know that you're learning and progressing, even though if certain moments doesn't feel like that. So, I wish you all the best. I wish you a lot of learning and progress and I hope you can utilize all those blessings that are coming to you every moment and utilize them to keep shining.